Hey, what's up, everybody? What do playing in the woods, jumping on CBs, all have in common? Things that Gen Xers did when they were kids. It's all about nostalgia this week. So join us, episode 10. Let's get it going. bro you believe it episode 10 man we made it to 10 they say the first 10 are your worst 10 oh well given thousand. the fact that we've, yeah, i was gonna say i think gonna finish a thousand a thousand given that we've only done 10 these are definitely the worst 10 that we've done they're also the best so 10 that we've done it's true it's very optimistic glass half full um is the left half or the right half full i don't know just meet or the, the middle. top or the bottom. It's just just just, just floating. It's just it's floating. It's like layers. Yeah. Oh, so uh, this is going to be the uh, mystery episode because I have no idea what we're talking about today. You, however, do. So we're well, we're going to try a different tack and uh, see how this goes. Uh, about the pants. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm going to close my work. Look, my work email is still going off and it is currently eight o'clock at night. Um, oh, yeah. No, no. I, I logged. I shut my stuff off at five. I'm like, I'm done for today. Uh, it's been I've got, I'm on vacation next week. Um, The whole week. And then me too. Me too. Gotta, we do something fun. Yeah, we could try to. Oh, we're um, have Thanksgiving. That's right. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call that fun. I'm, I'm going to smoke a turkey, though. It's going to be good. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with the smoke. Oh, okay. okay. <sighs> it's November, not April twentieth. That's okay. right. We haven't. We, we haven't don't. We don't do that. that. I enjoy my bourbon and my cigars, and that's it. And smoking some meat. I Although I have enough meat. MX points. Listen, hear me out. I've not ran this by Brittany yet, so uh -oh. we'll talk about credit card hacking at some point. But I have enough MX points for a Traeger and a Blackstone. I could really up my game if I wanted to go get me a Traeger and a Blackstone currently. Well, you've got a smoker already, so I would go with the black. I know it's, I know the Traeger is yeah, different, but I would go is. with the Blackstone first. I like, well, but I can get both. I have enough points for both. Well, if you got enough for both, but yeah, I yeah. love my Blackstone. Let's put it this way between my smoker and my Blackstone, I completely did away with my regular grill. Yeah. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I would, my my regular grill number one's on slash leg. So I've had this, we talked about planned obsolescence, right? Another episode. So I have this thing where like I buy cheap grills. Like I'll do like a $200 grill and get three years out of it and it's gone. Like I've replaced the burner covers already and like things got holes in it and it's just, it's, they're dilapidated. Yeah. <laughs> and my smoker is nice. Smoker worked great. I smoked ribs the other week, took down to the race for the team uh, and it works good, but it takes a lot of fiddling. It is uh, it is a propane smoker, but adding the wood and keeping in the, the it actually holds temperature really well. That's really not a problem, but just keeping the smoke going is a problem because it, it it came with like literally it's about this big around to hold wood chips, small wood chips, and not chunks, not anything like that. The ability to actually like set it and forget it and have it just continuous uh, heat and and I don't know, live Bluetooth so I can sit inside and make sure everything's going okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, and the Blackstone, so everyone remember, I have four children. So when I cook breakfast, and I'm cooking like breakfast or a meal for six people, 
um, there are times where my stove is not like I'm doing stuff in batches and like I could mm -hmm. do like a 36 inch blackstone and just knock it all out at once would make my life easier than just walking inside and serving yep. the fish. That's, that's what I so, have a large, large um, blackstone and I absolutely yeah. love it. It's like I could put two pounds of bacon on there at one time. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I totally recommend it. I would, if at a minimum, even if you just say, you know what, I can only get one, do the Blackstone. I'm telling you, won't go back. Yeah. The, anyway. I was going to say, I already need a grill, though. Like, the grill's done. This is the end of the season. This grill is, like, getting ready to head off to meet its maker. So, like, I don't, I don't if I'm going to spend the money on another grill. Yeah. No, I would do, I'd definitely go with the Traeger because because they, they go to 500, 550, somewhere around there, depending on which one you get. You'll be able to oh, grill well, one. Well, the, the Pro XL good. ones are like four grand, but I'm not. I don't need all that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not even opposed to buying, you know, Traeger ish as long as it's got the same features and good reviews. It doesn't have to be name brand. Pit boss, get a pit boss guy. Yeah, I don't think boss. I paid. But I don't think I paid. But <clears throat> what did I pay for mine? I got it on sale, so I think I paid like six fifty for it, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not yeah. the biggest one, but it's it's big enough. I mean, I could put. Two whole chickens and a couple racks of ribs in there. It's tight. In I can't get a partridge in a pear tree in there. Um, as long as it's a yeah. small pear tree. But it will get smoked. So Well, no. If it comes up on Mad Money, this is foreshadowing quite possibly. Uh, but we'll talk about credit card hacking on it. So that'd be a good topic. That's, man. I like that's credit card hacking. Yeah. Good, good, good. So good. story time this week. So Story time. <laughs> Launch it. Let's see what you got. All right. So... <laughs> I, I don't know if this this is maybe an odd maybe it's a Gen X thing. I don't know. I, I just felt that this was something I needed to share with folks because it was kind of a moment for me to kind of stop and reflect. I had to go to to Lowe's home improvement this weekend to get a new faucet because again, playing obsolescence. Faucet I bought like 18 months ago, just the handles just crap. And so I went and bought one. Anyway, come out, bought faucet also bought some new christmas decorations because i am clark griswold i don't i didn't tell jerry i bought decorations yet anyway uh maybe it'll be after christmas no it won't be after christmas she won't see this anyway i digress so i'm still it was lunchtime i come out and i'm like oh the hot dog stands out here they got the little sabret hot dog cart outside the exit door strategically placed smells delicious it's lunchtime i'm hungry i'm like you know what i'm gonna get some hot dogs so Go wait in line. There was a couple in line, older couple, you know, maybe my age, maybe a little bit older. Then there was another couple behind them that was definitely in the Gen X group. And then there was a young employee that was in front of me. And then me. Long line. It's waiting and waiting and waiting. 2,000 years later. The couple starts to order. And so the lady orders and she's like, yeah, I'm going to have a hot dog. I want, she goes, I want two hot dogs, but I want, I want peppers and onions, but I want the peppers and onions on the bottom of the, you know, on the, on the bun below the hot dogs. Cause I want the hot dog on top, the condiments on the bottom. And so guys like, okay, so it's an order, you know, he's getting all the stuff together and he's finishing up while her hot dogs are grilling. He's finishing up the guy in front of hers order and he's wrapping the, starting to wrap the hot dogs. He puts the hot dog in the bun and she starts yelling, no, 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 no. I want the condiments on the bottom. She's like, Oh, you're working on the other order. I'm like, yeah. So anyway, so he makes her hot dogs and he goes, well, that'd be it. After he spends all this money or money, sorry, all this time grilling the onions and peppers, 
putting them on the bun, getting everything together, wrapping it up, putting it up there. And then her husband says, oh, I want two the exact same way. And I'm like, seriously, dude? Like, you couldn't say we want four hot dogs the exact same way? There's a long line of people. Talk about inconsiderate. And this is the point I wanted to make. You are inconsiderate of everyone in the line behind you. You are inconsiderate of this gentleman who was trying to do business with several people. It was obviously a lunch rush for the cart. Um, There's a lot of people waiting. Some of us were standing there holding stuff. The one guy obviously was on break. And so, bless his heart, the guy, the, the hot dog vendor's like, no problem. And he starts making them. And then he kind of starts getting them going. And he said, will that be it? He went ahead and made sure that they had anything else. And they didn't. And so he gave them their total. Dude pays with cash. And he got like four bucks cash back, right? I forget it, whatever it was. It's like 16 bucks for the two combos, right? It's like eight bucks for two hot dogs, a drink, and chips. Guy hands him back four ones, turns around, starts it. Dude takes the four ones, big giant, right next to the big giant tip jar. Takes his four bucks, rolls it up, and puts it in his pocket. And I'm like, come on, dude. I'm like, really? I mean, yeah, he's not coming away at your table, but he's making your hot dogs. He's put up with your BS. And you couldn't even drop a, even a dollar of the four in there to help the poor guy out. I mean, he's not making millions off of this cart. Either A, more, more than likely, the guy's doing this as a side hustle, right? He's probably out there, probably just trying to earn some extra cash for whatever well, reason. you would be surprised, but we'll, that's another story. No, yeah. no, yeah, no. I, I know there's some folks that make a ton of money, but I guarantee you, I, I mean, I guarantee you he's not like, that one cart that day, he's not making, he's not buying a Rolls Royce for that cart. No. Regardless of the fact, he's out there working, right? He's trying trying to do something, trying to make money. So anyway, so he he comes back through. I'm the last one in line. Nobody comes up behind me and get up there. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry you had to put up with those people. He's like, yeah, I, I just, he's like, I just bit my tongue. I'm like, yeah, I that was a bit unnecessary. And then I said, you know what? I said, I don't know if you noticed, they didn't tip you at all, but I'm going to drop some in. I got them covered and I dropped a bunch of extra cash. And I I don't know. I think my hot dogs were like five, six, seven bucks, eight bucks, whatever it was for my combo. I dropped eight bucks at least in the in the tip jar. So I basically had 100% tip. Then he gave me like two root beers. I'm like, no, you got to do that. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I appreciate it. And it's just like, here's the thing. Little consideration for people. We've gotten so, and we talked about how quick time goes and how everything's rushed in society, but, but it's like, everybody's so angry all the time. And I get, I get caught up in it. Don't get me wrong. I get angry and frustrated at folks a lot of times. And i sometimes I, I get a little heated, but I, it made me stop for a minute and go, you know what? I probably need to just chill a little bit more too. Um, at times because I mean, life is short. It is. <laughs> And you know everybody's always yelling and angry at each other. Maybe we just we just need to start start treating each other with a little, little more appreciation and consideration. I think as human beings. Anyway, that was my story time for today. <laughs> I, I, well, you you know I mean you're right though. I've had those same experiences, and having worked in retail for twenty plus years in stores with customers, you know I got the nice cushy corporate job now, but um, <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of times I'll be in a place and you just see someone 
they're acting that way or or other things that you know as a retail associate it's like man like they're complaining like really arguing over the price of something or um yeah taking out on the cashier the person at the register like they they don't even the manager of the store just in case nobody knows this the manager of the store doesn't set the pricing in a chain store like it comes from the corporate office it's loaded into the computer like they don't manager doesn't wake up in the morning and go you know i'm gonna make dog food ten dollars more today like that, that doesn't work that way uh at one point in time it did you'd have to look out for pricing gun walk around and Lord knows when I started in retail, actually, it was that way. But anyway, that's beside the point. I remember um, those. Yeah, you know, last week, did I talk about the Walmart story with the old guy Walmart? I remember talking to you on the phone about it, but did, I, did we put it on the podcast last week? I don't think we did. I can't remember. I don't think we did. So I'll be quick. So I'm in Walmart. I'm at the self-checkout. And if you haven't been in a remodeled Walmart, now self-checkouts are in lanes. And so I'm scanning my buggy of stuff and i'm like 160 bucks and uh doing a small grocery trip literally guy behind me is like he you know he's an old guy um right in his 70s and and he's uh you know getting loud he's like i need some help over here and then you know the woman comes up and she was like you know what can i do for you and he's like that says i still owe ten dollars and some change and he was using a ebt card right so Food stamps, WIC, whatever you want to call it. He's using using EBT card, and uh, he was like, I, "I, it's not. It's supposed to pay for everything." She goes, "Well, obviously, something you got's not covered, or it's only partially covered." There, in North Carolina, there are things that are partially covered, and uh, so Walmart's got a new POS system at all these self checkouts, and it doesn't tell you because it's not made for a cashier anymore. It's made for self checkout, so there's no indication on there about what items were covered or not. There used to be like. They would have asterisks or a symbol that says this item's, you know, EBT beside everything. And so the woman's trying to tell him this, and he was just like, well, you need to fix it. And then he starts cussing at her. And, uh, you know, she was like, I'm not, I'm not going to help you. He just keeps going on and on and on. And finally, I, like, I'm trying to sit there and scan my stuff. And luckily, my kids weren't with me because had he been cussing like that around my kids, like, would have been a bigger issue with me. But <clears throat> it's fine for me to do it, but don't do it out where my kids can hear you. So I turn around and I just look at him. I was like, will you shut up? I'm like, will you just pay your $10 and leave? I'm like, or go shop somewhere else. And his rebuttal was, I've shopped here forever. They should help me. And I go, they don't owe you anything. And in case people don't understand this, a retailer doesn't owe you anything. They don't care. <laughs> like they don't. The person who's helping you probably cares. But a retailer is a corporation. Like it's a, right? You buy stuff. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's not a person. You're not hurting anyone's feelings. And so this carries on for a couple minutes back and forth between me and him. And finally, he is just like, well, I'm a disabled veteran. All right, let's pause. Shortly after Veterans Day, my brother's a veteran, and I love veterans. However, when people pull that card out in that manner, I just looked at him, and I'm not going to lie, I just slow clapped. And I'm like, well, since you're a disabled veteran, I'm glad to see you did something with your life. I was like, I'm a former law enforcement officer. I said, so let's cover some basics. When you went to boot camp, I'm pretty sure they taught you to say, sir and ma'am, which you have yeah. currently not done. Yeah. I was like, so you are letting down everybody in the service. It's like number two, and again, this guy's in his 70s, so I felt safe in assuming that his mother had passed away by now. I was like, if your mother heard you talk like that, she'd probably smack you in the mouth. 
caveat, we live in the deep south. Henceforth, I know that that's probably likely how it happened when he was a kid. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. <laughs> I said, me. I would much rather you just say, thank you for your tax money, pay your $10, and get out of the store. I'm tired of talking to you, and I'm tired of hearing you scream and carry on like a madman. But he just shut up after that, and he paid his $10, $10 and change and left. And to me, I, and I know what you're getting about is kind of this like, where the difference is, uh, you know, your, your scenario with the hot dogs, it's more of an indifference to the invisible people who make everyday life possible, right? Yep. And, and trust me, like, I, I get it. People just, they're having a bad day, and it's like retail is so weird. Like, you, you see the videos and the memes and stuff where it's like, you walk up, you know, someone comes to register and you ring them up. It's like, oh, it's $9.37. And they go, my mom just died of cancer. And it's like, okay. Like, that really happens. It really does. Uh, but then on the other end, you know, people throwing money at you, throwing coins at you, dumping oh, stuff yeah. out on the I, and they do it on purpose, um, you know, because they, they feel like they, they can. Um, I feel bad for anyone who ever did that in front of me in a store because it did not go the way they thought it was going to go. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you're you're right. We I mean, everyone should slow down. I guess that's the point. And really what I what I said to this guy, because he was cussing at her. And I said, she is not Walmart. This is the real point I made to him. I said, she is a person who works here, who is trying to get a paycheck and live her life. And you are screaming and cussing at her over something she has no control over. Like, she doesn't make the cash register. She doesn't run the state's WIC program. She yeah. doesn't set pricing. She's trying to explain to you the best she can that there's not a way for her to do that in the computer. And that if you would just hush and listen, you could go to customer service and they could tell you what's going on, but they're going to have to re-ring your stuff over there. I'm like, but you won't hush a minute and listen to her. I'm like, you're just taking it out on her. I was like, she is a person, not a building. She is not Walmart. She's an employee of the corporation. Right. And I think that was really the point that got to him, honestly. That and telling him that he wouldn't talk like that in front of his mama. Because down here, when you invoke someone's mama, like, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, the thing about tipping, you brought up tipping though. I have increased how much I tip um, in the last six, 12 months with inflation. Minimum yeah. wage, especially for servers, minimum wage for servers has not went up in our state, uh, which is $2.13 an hour. Um, yep. Now, granted, I get that their tips proportionally to percentage wise should go up because the cost of the food bills are going up. But, you know, I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, Man, I could tip this person 20%, right? And it maybe it was just me eating, and I'm like, that's yeah, like two dollars, right? Or two fifty. I'm like, that's just that's just not enough, right? I mean, I've been here for 25, 30 minutes at a table. Two bucks. So they've made, you know, half of their 213. They've made five dollars. And I, I know they've got more tables. I, I I do, I get it, but like. Yeah, I'm also in a position where, frankly, I've left ten dollar tips when it's just me eating, like a, a yeah, twelve dollar. Yeah, I've, I've left I, good tips too. You know, and and, and I'm not again. Uh, we, Brittany and I, we had, we had set out to at least once a year. Originally, we we're like once a quarter, but well, with poor kids and honestly, with inflation, we're like, you know, we're going to go somewhere, and we're going to tip a hundred dollars each. Like, so it's just me and her. That's two hundred dollars, and that we're going to tip. And um, 
you know, we've held true to that. We maybe do it once a quarter uh, and we just pick a random place and, you know, probably should give people good service because there are people like me that do that randomly. And if you give me bad service though, like we went one place, I'm not going to say where we were going to tip that way. We went out with the intention that this was our tip meal and the person was really rude to us. And I'm like, mm, nope. I looked at her. She's like, no. She goes, we'll just yeah. leave the normal. Yep. No, okay. Okay. So they missed out. They didn't know it, but uh, yeah, we've tipped other people and, I know I tipped uh, one woman and we, we always, we don't make a thing of it. Like we try to get out of the restaurant, like without being, without that being seen, like it's done and over. <clears throat> and we were at a seafood restaurant and we did that. And the um, you have to pay at the, in the South, we have these Calabash restaurants for everyone who's not in the South. So you pay at the front of the restaurant, right? So we eat and we pay at the front of the restaurant. She was getting the kids to get, we had the kids were trying to get out the door. And, um, she used to go, oh my God, thank you. She was like, I can't, I like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like, we don't, we're not like, we don't do this for the thank you. Like just take it and we do it because we want to do it. And she was like, she, she started crying. She was like, I didn't know how I was going to make my car payment. And like, she's like, I just, I was like a hundred dollars short. And I'm like, lucky day, pay it forward. Right. And we go on about our business. So I yeah. I, no, we're Jerry and I both waited tables at some point in our life, and yeah. and it, it is it's we always tip well unless service is crap. The other thing I like to do too, right, is especially in restaurants, wait staff. They when they do a good job, a lot of times their their management doesn't know, yeah. right? Because yeah. nobody nobody ever calls the manager. Well, nobody except me. I, I mean, you may do you may do this too, but I. I <coughs> We will, if we get exceptional service, like, you know, it's like there's crappy service, there's average service, which is good. That doesn't mean it's great. It's just, it's good. You did your job. You come over, you kept our drinks filled. You were polite. You didn't go above and beyond, but then occasionally you'll get those people that go way above and they go out of their way to make sure everything is great and they may be busy and they're busting their butts. And I, I've seen it multiple times and I've, I've literally called the manager out and I've seen the look on them. You know, I'm like, can you have the manager come to the table, please? And they're, they like just turned white because they think they've done something wrong. And I'm like, nothing's wrong. And I just, we just didn't want to speak with the manager for a minute. I said, trust me, you've done nothing wrong. And the manager comes out and they're like, yeah, I understand you. You want to speak with me. And you know, it's like, I just want to let Meanwhile, you know. Meanwhile, the manager's bracing too. Like yeah, as too, a right? former manager, the manager's bracing. Oh yeah. Yeah, because nobody nobody ever does that, and it's like if yeah. you if you go somewhere and give, you get good service. Call the manager over to the table and let them know, hey, such and such is doing a phenomenal job. I mean, I'm dead serious; they're doing great. And I've had so many managers go, "Wow, thank you." We never hear that from customers. Yeah. It does mean a lot, and it, it's it could eventually, you know, it, it's going to come down to that, you know, something for that employee possibly. So anyway, all right. So at least I think that night be, they feel good. Yeah, at least that night they feel good. So I think we beat story time to death a little bit. Um, yeah. So I got to thinking about some things this week, <coughs> you know, reflecting back on childhood. And I'm going to ask you a question, and we'll we'll come back to me later. But I want to hear your your take on this too. And again, John and I have not planned this. He has no idea what this question is and what it's going to be. Little, so a little scary. I might it's not remember scary. it all. It's Alzheimer's kick in. I'll be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, know. I know. So think back to something in your childhood that you did, whether it was a place you went, TV show you watched, just 
whatever, just something from your childhood that you still enjoy doing today as an adult, right? That you don't do enough of, right? Or you, you never, you hardly get a chance to do, or, you know, you try to occasionally, whatever, just something from your childhood, from the, the Gen X related and that time period, something you did a lot in the eighties that may not happen a lot today for kids today. Uh, and also something that man. you want to do more often. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. And it, it's not 80s related. It's just, it is what well, it is. It doesn't have to be. And, and, and it's it's tough. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, heart, just tucked in my heartstrings the other day. Uh, camping. Um, you know, going out. I was in uh, Boy Scouts, you know, very heavily. I was ended up being a Life Scout and was very quickly on my way to Eagle when the troop folded. Um but, you know, I was in Cub Scouts for a short time, but, you know, Boy Scouts when I was 10, yeah, 10, 10 and a half, fifth grade, whatever. And, um, you know, really enjoyed my time camping with the the troop. And the troop I was in was like the ragtag misfits, like the poverty stricken, have to go get used uniforms from the district uh, uniform closet and uh, poor part of town. And man, we were just, we were a ragtag bunch. We were like the bad news bears of scouts, always in the provisional troop at scout camp because none of us had parents that could take off work for a week and go camping with us. So we had to like shack up with some other troop over off to the side and great stories because there was not a lot of supervision back then. So great bonfires and things doing that we shouldn't do. Uh, but man, I haven't actually been camping in a tent. Me and you talked about this in, in, uh, Last time I went, I think was 2010 or 2011 uh, out in Texas with uh, the ex-wife. And the other day, the other week, the other day, it was really the other week. Um, it's coming home from school, picking the kids up from school. And Waylon looks at me. Waylon's our 10-year-old. And he goes, and so Waylon's my stepson. I mean, clarify for anyone who's not, not kept up with the episodes here or really kept up with the family dynamics. If you haven't drawn a family tree, shame on you. You're supposed to like do string art and stuff. <laughs> So he's right. my stepson, and uh, his he's in scouts, and his dad's a scout leader, super involved with him. And uh, he was like, "Hey, John, why don't why don't we ever go camping like me and my dad do?" Man, that stung. Like you know, he was like, "I know you're busy, and you know, you and mom, we hit we again. I've talked about this before. Me and Brittany have to work opposite days off for childcare reasons, uh, so." We don't have weekends off. We don't have an infinite amount of child care for young children. So us getting the few weekend days or a week off for a vacation, you know, it's only a few times a year. Like we just, we don't, we don't have that luxury. And, uh, you know, the other kids aren't quite old enough to like just get out in the woods and do the thing. I don't think, uh, and not with one person anyway, I wouldn't want to go by myself. And like that, that would just not be fun at all. Like if I had a spouse with me, we could both manage it. I would take the little kids, but one parent in the woods with kids, it's just no. Anyway, uh, camping, man, like, you know, and, and, and it stung when he asked me because I'm just like, flying by, like it's flying by. And like we, yep. things I it's always said that I was, that I was going to do with the kids when I was older that my dad didn't do. And, uh, I mean, we spend a lot more time together. Don't get me wrong. Like this, I have a lot more face-to-face -face time with the kids, like an infinite amount compared to what I had when we were kids, yeah, but definitely. 
uh, yeah, like that, that's probably one that sticks out. If you want Gen X specific, it was your childhood. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what I was after. Uh, yeah, which I mean, pretty much was Gen X. I mean, <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. I always envisioned myself like watching Saturday morning cartoons with my kids too. Like everything always it really kind of revolved around things I said I would do with my children that I don't. I don't. Yeah, that, that's a good one too. And it's you know it's funny though. It's hard. I mean because Saturday <laughs> morning cartoons isn't a thing. No, I mean not anymore. I mean kids watch cartoons twenty four seven now. It's twenty four seven. There's like multiple cartoon channels. I mean everything's on streaming. So. I've got that's four different old. streaming services and they still watch YouTube. I know. It, and that's, I do miss, I do miss that, that, that it, there's one thing. Well, I, I won't say one thing. There, that's one thing that I do miss, but that's not the one thing that I was, you know, referring to. And it's interesting that you said camping because one of the things that I spent a lot of time in childhood, it wasn't necessarily camping, but it was being outdoors. Oh, um, God, yeah. Just in general, yeah. Like just in general. We it, never it, in the house. No, we weren't. And and it's like, and so you know, we lived in a lot of different places. Most of the places were they were either out in the country or we were right up the side of a mountain. Cause you know, we lived in Tennessee and Bristol, which was basically all mountains everywhere. Um, and back then when we were kids, it well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, Bristol hasn't changed. Last time I was there <laughs> a handful yeah. of years ago, it was probably Six six years ago, maybe I can't remember. Eight years ago, last time I was there, it's been a while. I, I'm I'm planning a trip to go up there next year. I've got to go back for uh, various reasons, but you know, it was we spent a lot of time. I mean, we lived our the trailer that we lived in at one point was on the side of a hill, um, kind of nestled in almost like a little valley. Almost the hill kind of wrapped around trailer park, and the road went right up the middle. There's literally a spring at the top of the hill that ran down the road, which was great in the wintertime because the entire hill was a solid sheet of ice. So it was great for sledding. Um, not yep. so good for cars, uh, <laughs> but spent a lot of time just like going through the woods, you know, climbing the hills, swinging on vines, just outdoors. Oh, I mean, oh, oh you're oh, look, my phone's going to ring. <laughs> I remember. Uh, to, I remember to turn mine off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. So, since we're here and we're talking about it, you're gonna you're gonna share up the picture. I'm gonna share Google Maps. Is it's it is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. It, it is. is. We it lived is. right up here at the top. Uh, Actually, if you not that tree, it's that that. There's that tree right there, yep. That tree right there. Because my best friend Frankie lived right here. First, first porno mag I ever looked at there. was right up here on this mountain. First porno mag. Look, it's really nice. Look, yeah, the, you the spring is it's still there. Do, that do you remember would, in wintertime how this whole thing would just be a solid sheet of ice? Yep, that's what I was just saying. Solid yeah, sheet yeah. of ice, man. Every winter, it but, would uh, freeze and would grow. I, I got. I think I got to go up one more. Hold on, it's a miracle. Google Street Views, although so, yeah, our mobile home was right here. Right here where this spot is. And then we stood, there used to be this vine right here that we'd swing out over this thing with. Remember that thing? Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, we I got we all up in these woods, man. Like this is um, the old stomping ground. Like we would just so be all the, over the place. And then, and then, so like, so people understand, like, I want to like, you kind of see here. So like all of this, so it really comes over to Still Creek Park, right? Like, 
this is all Greenway and Mountain, like, and it oh, yeah. ran forever. I mean, yep. absolutely used to, forever. Used to walk um, the trails through the mountains to get to the Greenway all the way to the park. This was this yeah. was the day. You, you can't do this anymore, right? You no. can't just let your kid as kids. I mean, I was in what fifth grade, fourth grade at the time. I don't know, yeah, third grade. Yeah. Was, and and right here, the streets. This yeah. is where Kmart was, where Eddie got busted for shoplifting. This is Kmart was right here. <laughs> I think that was uh, in Richmond. Okay. I don't think that was at that one. That was near no, the skate. Sure. Oh, I think it was the one in Richmond. Um, I, I would have thought it was the one in Bristol. I don't. know. No, I think it was the okay. one in Richmond. But anyway, anyway, so yeah, being in the outdoors, and it's it's funny because. <laughs> Because nowadays, you know, when you, well, one, like I was saying, it from a safety perspective, kids just, and I don't know, maybe it's not any worse yeah. than it was back then. Maybe it's just that it's more. It is worse. It is worse. Like there's so yeah. much more. Um, here, Here's my take, right? So I wouldn't feel comfortable with my kids going up in the woods like that because they've not had the experience of yes. gradually getting out to it. We didn't just. My kids are old enough now where they'd walk up in the woods, they'd get lost. They wouldn't know what to do. We gradually explored. And I guess my thing is like, it's, it's more unsafe now there there's from, I live on a busy road, distracted driving. It's horrible. Now. Um, the just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know necessarily. I mean, to your point that people are more evil right that they would do something to your children but those people do exist number one and number and just yeah, being cognizant of it like it's more in the news like we're more aware of it right i think but it's, then I think there, it's there's an overall heightened sense of um awareness and what you know i know in my neighborhood if my kid was just walking down the road like my four or five year old like we used to do uh man the police would be out here in a heartbeat my neighbors would be calling the police trying hey where's your mom and dad what's going on which is great, right? I mean, it's, you, you want that community thing, but it's not normal for children to go do that anymore. Yeah, totally. I mean, I live I live in a in a pretty good neighborhood, and I mean, there's all the time kids, but I, we don't let our kids roam around out here either, because just mainly because of the distracted drivers. Because even though I'm on I'm on a cul-de-sac road, one of the main arteries coming in our development is like it's like a speedway. I mean, the speed limit's supposed to be used to be 25. City yeah. took over the road, so technically it's 35. I think they might even still have a 25 mile an hour sign up there. But he, I, I mean, I literally have taken it's it, it got so bad one time. I said, you know what, I'm going to go see how fast these people are actually going because I don't want to be making assumptions, right? Mm -hmm. So I set out one morning with on the golf cart out there, like like some old Karen. Um, I took my son's radar detector that I use for his, you know when he's pitching baseball to see how fast he's pitching. And I'm like, I'm going to clock these cars. It's not super accurate. It's good enough. But yeah, people, I mean, I, I clock yeah. folks doing 45, 50 miles an hour down that road and it's supposed to be 25. So it's, it's bad. We, I mean, we literally had an accident right out of here one morning when Michael was waiting on the school bus, there was a car parked on the opposite side of that road car just come flying up the, the road and just slammed right in the back of them. Like they weren't even there. But yeah, I you know it's it's one of those things though. I miss as as a child, a kid, child. I don't know. Cyber child. Oh, I saying that. Um, when I was we, a kid. We, broke, we both were kids, so I think we got we we went through the child part pretty quick out of necessity. Yeah. No. We. You know. I miss just <laughs> going out 
and not having to worry about anything other than going to see my friends or just going ham, but being in the outdoors, right? I think kids, I think kids today, kids today don't go out enough. Now, Michael, Michael does like to go out and play, and his friends will come over and they'll go outside and play football and they'll play, you know, basketball or whatever. You know, they throw the baseball, what have you. I mean, he's he's athletic type. He likes to be outside. Um, he's involved. Well, you know, that was one of the things Brittany and I always wanted to land. You know, with the, with the kids, I know that's going to come to fruition. Honestly, with the way I mean, anything's possible, but. You know, we were talking about that the other day, too. We were like, yeah, it's funny how when we bought this house, we really didn't think this would be the place where we raised the kids. We really thought it was starter home. And, you know, now we've just kind of realized, like, it's going to go quick. And then, like, we're, you know, we could hold off on real estate investing and buy us personally a bigger place. But, like, that's not not what the goal was, right? Like, that's the retirement plan for us, passing something, that legacy down to the kids. And she's like, yeah, it's, you know, her and I, they're going to be grown and quick. You know, I mean, Waylon's got, so he's 10. So realistically, five, six more years, he's not going to care a thing about being at home mm. and playing in the yard. And, yeah. uh, you know, we wanted 15 or 20 acres. Brittany wants horses again. If we have land, that'll really be the primary reason. It, it won't even be a big house. It'll be horses. Um, yeah. Maybe a small private airstrip if I have my way. But anyway, so that's, uh, um, you know, but we wanted land so the kids could roam and have some place. You know, her granddad's got 40 acres and, you know, her being a girl growing up out there, just they get out in the woods. They did the same thing as we did. She actually had that childhood. Uh, and uh, as a as a millennial, which it fastly went away, you know, it's not really a generation that had that either. Uh, so, yeah, my kids are what are they called now? Alpha, I guess, is Gen Alpha is what they're they're. I have they're no idea. I've lost yeah, they, they've rotated back around. I guess they got to Z, and uh, you know they gave us Gen X just out of whatever, and then it went to Millennial, uh, then Z, and then um, Alphas are like my kids. But that's you know we had wanted that for them and i just yeah, there's value in it you know i see the kids that live in those types of uh you know their family has it's gonna sound weird man i don't i would about rather just have a single wide trailer and 20 acres of land than the house i've got with all the space and the half acre lot that i'm on uh for that reason now it's yeah it's i what, wish it's I what's important been. yeah I mean, it's just what's important uh yeah. I, I, i'm with you man the being outside was Sorry, I mean, let's say it was just freezing cold snow and, and pouring down rain. But then again, when we got in our teen years, I mean, we were video games and in our bedrooms and you got your license and you were always gone. And I got my license and then I was always gone. And Yeah, but I was outside. I was, I was I, I, yes, technically I was outside. I was in my car, but I was outside. You're right. I was outside. Dude, I was there was days I would just go sit in my car, just listen to the radio in my car, even though I wasn't going anywhere. Cause I'm like, got well, the house. Okay, so here's another one. So since we're going to talk about cars, I, I, this is something that I remember from from my teenage years, early teen years, it, that was so much fun. And I've thought about getting sort of a CB radios. Oh, dude. CB uh, radios. Uh, were, I know right oh, now there's yeah, probably a bunch, a bunch of, you know, probably the, the Gen Z folks going, what the hell is a CB radio? Citizens Band Radio. Ah, yeah. Watch yeah. a couple old trucker movies. Man. Um 
Uh, the bunch of I had my car. Like, oh yeah, frick, yeah. We had we, no, we we both had some 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 decent CBs, right? I've actually thought about doing the ham radio thing too, but I'm like, I got so many hobbies that it's yeah. like I actually I, have two ham radios. Do you know that? I, I bought oh, them. They're they're bow fangs. Um, they are walkie talkie, but they also do family the uh, family radio channels, which you can talk on freely. Not supposed to technically. They transmit too much power. Uh, but they're great. I can get weather and all that stuff on them. I don't know, like fifty bucks each, man. You're like, look into that. I haven't, I haven't messed with the ham stuff because I'm not. Uh, but you know, we talk about CB radios. We about ham. So to give you an idea of how how much crap I had in my car. Pretty sure you ever even really knew the setup I had in my car. So I had a Galaxy was the radio. Uh, I don't remember the model number now, but I do remember it was a ten meter, not CB. It would do CB, but it was a ten meter with single sideband which is technically all that's ham. You're supposed to have a ham license to broadcast on it. And you're not supposed to be over four watts. And I think I had a 250-watt Texas Star amplifier hooked up to it. And the will, the, dude, I could, like, it would be funny. Because first off, everyone's got, you just got to just pause for a second. I had a 78 Trans Am, it was gold, T-top. So think Smokey and the Bandit car, the original Smokey and the Bandit, but mine was gold. Uh, CB radio. And man, like I'd go down the road, and so in CB parlance, if anyone's a CB fan, I would I'd walk all over people. Man, them truck drivers thought they had a setup. I'd key up and I'd shut everybody up, and uh, it was <laughs> it was, and everybody knew who I was too, man. Like it was fabulous in the CB world. So, but that that all came about because I wanted a cell phone. That's when cell phones first started coming out, and Dad's like, uh, "It's not getting you a cell phone." Well, first off, I realized now they didn't have the credit to get me a cell phone, uh, so we had to pass a credit check to have a cell phone. Uh, and it would have been really expensive. He was like, just get a CB radio. Yeah, we're expensive. Hey. I mean, I was working. So I was like, you yeah, know, that's not a bad idea. Me and buddies, and we all got CB radios. and They were fun. That's what, that's what so we did, man. Fun. They are fun. Yeah, they were fun. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I've thought about getting one, too. And I'm just like, I got the Challenger. Like, I was, I don't I don't know where I'm about me old Wilson, Wilson antenna on that, that thing and do it, man. Or get me a base unit. Put it here in the shed. Put an antenna up. My neighbor, uh, two houses down. Well, yeah. Oh Lord, I just called him my neighbor. Him, him and his wife both passed away this year. Oh, Lord bless them. They were they were in their late eighties. He's still mm-hmm. he's got a ham radio. He was in the ham radio. He's got a ham radio tower, like a permitted tower at his house. Nice two houses down. Yeah. Anyway, I've seen, yeah, CB I've radios, some, dude. Yeah, I've seen some of those ham radio folks like talk to the International Space Station. Like, I've, I've oh, seen yeah. them. They've done some really really cool stuff. But yeah, I don't know. That was fun. So I think yeah, for me, outdoors, being outdoors in the wilderness, I don't get enough of it. When I get a chance to go out in the woods or someplace where it's nature, I kind of enjoy it. It's just like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here, I'm just gonna take a stroll. I love to go for hikes, um, and you know we haven't been. We we used to take trips to the mountains once a year. We haven't been in a couple of years just because everything that's been going on. And Jerry and I were talking about it. That's going to be our investment property. Um, yeah. We're we're probably not next year, maybe the year after. I don't know. Maybe next year. We'll see how things go. I got to pay the Mustang off first. Um, we're gonna um, gonna look at getting a cabin up in probably Sevierville. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's what I'm, I've got. Two of those. Yeah. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Anywho. Yeah, you know, cabin cabin's a good investment property, man. Like, I mean, for people who want to get into real estate, because I've talked to my boss about this, he kind of wants to get into real estate. His brother owns some beach um, properties, which are great. And they oh, do no. vacation rentals. 
I would not. Well, vacation rentals can make money. Um, and he doesn't buy on the beach. He buys like not even a row or two in. He buys like in the town that's at the beach, right? So like before you cross like the uh, intercoastal the waterway and stuff. Because he's like, they still fetch a phenomenal daily rate. And he was like, basically, if you're not beachfront, it's it's all the same. People still have to drive to the parking area and unload right. or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, you know, turnkey real estate is um, if you've got the, the capital put to put into it, into the equity position for um, 20% uh, down on a property, it can generate a nice cash flow for you every month. So now... You're talking about cash on cash returns. So there's different ways to look at real estate investment. Cash on cash return, it's not a great investment. But if you're not worried about cash on cash return and you're like, no, I just want something that's going to generate an income for me that I know is safe, is tangible, and is real that I can put my money into, it's hard to beat. Like, you know, the the Gatlinburg vacation cabins, beach houses, they, they do phenomenally well. You can even buy real estate that's already fully leased up. And uh, you know, shout mm, out yeah. to... Uh, uh, Roofstock, uh, they uh, are a turnkey solutions provider where you can buy investment properties all across the country and they have management and everything in place and they tell you the price and you determine whether or not it's right for you. Uh, they tell you the grade of the neighborhood that's in, the condition of the property. So they're very highly, highly rated. So there's different ways to invest in real estate. You don't have to be all like, I got to buy a derelict property and fix it up because that's hard. That is really hard. Like unless you're going to do the work yourself and you're just getting started, you almost can't do it because you can't find tradespeople to go do the work. Um, it's not even about pricing. It's just about that they are so busy and to find someone to commit to do your project. You can't, you can't find people. Yeah. I, I really struggled with that. Uh, luckily we found a local guy who was willing to work with us on the side uh, of his other stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah. I'll, uh, I won't ever get into property flipping. Number one, it's a headache. There's a lot of tax implications to it. And I'm really getting off yeah. about real estate, but man, buying something that's just ready to go. My last two properties I bought were just turnkey, and like that's the, I, I'm good. Like I, I worked out how to get to cash, and I'm very happy with it. And it also stops you from getting upside down if the market if the prices dip. Like you have a substantial piece of equity already in it. So if the market the prices did crash, I would still be able to get out from under them if something bad happened. Like I'm not worried about ever going upside down or being in a untenable position on the, on the properties. So yeah. There's we're looking, a lot of different strategies, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no you're, you're going to talk about real estate, man. Like no, I know. But, so that's, but that's the thing, right? So we, we love to go to the mountains. Um, there's a place that's in Sevierville. So those of you who don't know where Sevierville is, it's just outside of Pigeon Forge. It's on the other side, on the Western, Western side versus Gatlinburg. Which is so Pigeon Forge lies in between Gatlinburg and and Sevierville. Sevierville is where Dolly Parton's from. Um, it's that a very crazy. small town, but it's like a liter, literally like a five minute drive, and you're in Pigeon Forge, so where you're, you're where all the resort stuff is, tons of restaurants. You're where Dollywood is. Yep, Dollywood, all that stuff is just literally minutes away. But the cabins are like you feel like you're in the mountains. I mean, it's just the the property management folks there are just phenomenal. The cabins are phenomenal. They stay booked all year round. Mm -hmm. It seems like, yeah, because um, you get you get people who want to go somewhere cooler in the summer, and then wintertime you have people that want the mountain snow experience. Hopefully, uh, at, around the holidays, people want to go up there. They want to go skiing. They want some place to stay. They still want a resort yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, and since we like that, like going up there, that's like you know what? We'll just go. We'll get something there. We'll get something that's established. 
Um, it's already got yep. rental history. They, they, every time we go up there, they always have a handful of them for sale. And it's just like, oh. I almost pulled the trigger on it one time before. And we we're like, we should do this. And we're like, oh, let's just wait. Let's wait. Now I'm regretting it now that interest rates are where they are. So we're going to wait a little longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to get better or worse. I hope it don't. Well, get I heard I heard a very interesting analysis of long-term interest rate cycles uh, today on one of the investment channels I listen to, and uh, they're they basically average a seventy-year cycle from peak to peak. So if that average maintains true with the current state that we're in, we have twenty-seven more years of increasing interest rates and mortgage rates. So when I bought my first house in 2000, I yep. paid 9%. Yep. And that's where we're at now. That that was on the downslope. So peak to peak, right? So there's a valley. So you were here and you went down. Yeah, but I'd have to go see now where. We're on, yeah. Now we're on the way back up. So you think about it, like if you wanted to get back to 3%, we got to come back down the other side of the mountain again. Right. So I guess my question is, is where in 2000, where, where were we at on which peak? On the, which down you were on, you were on, you were on the back side of the last the last cycle that was mid 80s into how high were they then mid 80s was 18 percent god no i can't go to 18 percent. i guess i'm not buying anything for about another 20 years then well so here's the good news the, the, right now it sucks because <laughs> let, let me i'll give you the, what the the quick rundown since we're talking about it is there's a lot of incentive. So there, there's very little inventory being existing inventory being sold. Most of what's being sold is new homes. Companies like Lennar are, I mean, for Zach and Bessay, they're buying your they're buying your points for you. Instead of reducing the price, because if they reduce the price, that would affect the comps on all the future houses they want to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they're buying your points for you and knocking your interest rate down from this 8% to this 4%. Very common. If you wanted to go out and buy new construction right now, you essentially could get a 4% interest rate because the builder is going to buy your points, but you're still buying a $400,000 house instead of a $350,000 house, right? So right. It, whether you're paying 400 at 4% or 350 at 8%, the payment's going to be about the same, right? But Lennar doesn't want to hurt comps, so they're going to not give you 50 grand. Eventually, though, what happens is the interest rate gets so high that they can't buy your points down where it makes sense anymore, and they have to lower the price of the property. And when that happens, new construction slows down, things start to bounce out. Also, the other end of the equation, it's not just mortgage payment, right, but associated insurance costs because insurance on a $400,000 house compared to a $200,000 house is substantially yeah. more. And all the valuations go up and the tax base goes up and all the city taxes go up. So your total cost of home ownership goes up. So as that pressure stacks on top of the interest rate, it's going to break. And that's ultimately that's that downward pressure that'll be put on the market. So interest rates might be eighteen percent, but if they ever were eighteen percent, dude, like houses would be like hundred grand again, hundred fifty grand. Like there wouldn't be a four hundred thousand dollar average home price. Nobody could afford it. Nobody could afford it. Yeah, well, it's at the point now where people. I was just looking the other day. Somebody had done, done an estimate on purchasing a house. I think they put one hundred fifty down. I don't know if it's like a five hundred, five hundred fifty thousand dollar home i don't remember yeah they're freaking and they had good credit and it their their payment was like three grand three grand a month 30 year conventional man like at that level like i'm not gonna lie right now there is a 10 unit apartment building for sale in hickory and they want 
uh, right at $900,000 for it, right? So it's 10 units, two bedroom, one bath. Hear me out. I could go get a commercial loan on that property. Nine of the units are going to rent. FMR rate on those are $1,200 a month. Okay. So right. I could go and tear the wall out between two units and make a four bedroom apartment for myself personally. <laughs> rent eight of the units at $1,200 a month, have a four bedroom living arrangement and come out better. That's but, true. <laughs> but, okay, by everybody listen and listen to me, the problem is people don't want to do that. They don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to live there. That's $1,200 a month. You're talking FMR. That's Section 8, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They don't need to know that you own the building. They don't need to know that you got the other unit. I'm just saying it's possible. And if you want success financially, sometimes you got to do crap. Right? I've had yeah. this whole conversation, and I've told Eddie this before. So when Brittany was pregnant with Carter, our last child, so kid number four, we live in a three-bedroom house. We had a long conversation. Do we buy a four- or five-bedroom house, or do we stay where we are? Now, at that point in time, we could afford it. And uh, with, I mean, I guess we still could afford it. But I mean, I, I said, do we want to add another thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month for a mortgage payment? Because that's what it's going to be if we do that. And I said that will that extra eight hundred dollars a month, right? Because our mortgage is only like eight, like nine hundred, not even nine hundred dollars out of pocket for everything. And uh, I said that is our investment money. That is money that we are putting actively into investments in real estate. That stops, right? We got a nice place, but that stops. And uh, we were just like, no, you know what? And that's where we had the discussion about how quick it is that the kids are actually going to grow up and move out. And we're like, it's fine. Bunk right beds never killed. Bunk beds never killed anybody. Hey, and we had sharing. Well, they, yeah, they almost killed one of us. Well, that's true. <laughs> sharing rooms, you know, is fine. <laughs> and they're like, our house is actually plenty big enough. I could divide the living room in half. And turn it into two bedrooms because we still have a den. Like literally, yeah. I could do that. I could just, you know, and put a door from the kitchen into the other one. Like it's not it's not a hard thing to do. Like I I mean I'm like two grand and I'd be done with it. And uh, then I could undo it all later if I wanted to. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like this isn't impossible if this is what we want to do. And we just decided not to do it. So I tell people, you know, William Madison just got married. Go find a duplex. Your first house. Should, your first house as a married couple should be a duplex. 100%, it should be a duplex. You should live in one side. Even with one child, that first 18 to 24 months, that kid's going to live in your bedroom anyway. You don't need a, another bedroom. You can live in a one-bedroom place. But odds are it's going to be at least two bedrooms. Get a duplex, live in one side for 24 months as your primary residence, rent the other side out. Odds are at that point you're breaking even. That other side should pay for your entire mortgage if you do it right. And after 24 months, two years of you living there, you can move out. Actually, it's 12 you can move out. But living there, you could sell it if you wanted to. But after that period of time, you can go buy yourself something else. And then you rent the other side out. Your first property that you ever buy, if it's husband and wife, should be a duplex. And you should live in one side of that duplex. And you should manage it yourself to get your feet wet. And after that, go hire your property manager when you move out and be done. Then never look back. And then you, you're on your way. And buy it on one person's name and credit, not both. You don't need to do that. Welcome Sorry. to real estate that's, talk. Yeah, real estate <laughs> talk. Yeah. Let's see. We, we, blended, we blended podcasts this week. Well, that's what happens when we don't have a plan. 
do we ever really have a plan? No, this was this was great. Though. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna I, go get me a hot dog. Yeah, we'll wrap it back. I, I don't know. I, I gotta bring one, back one, the car. We get a hot dog. Order, order one at a time. So, I know we're we're approaching. I want an my hour. peppers I mean, on top of this one, and the peppers on the bottom of the next one, and the ketchup on the side. It's what I want you to do is get a. Well, if you're gonna make a hot dog, right? We want to go back to Gen X and childhood. You need to get a piece of white bread. That's true. And put the hot dog in it diagonally. And do not shake your ketchup before you try to pour it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And just pour the water, ketchup water, right pour on top. Water right on top of it. <laughs> and you have to boil the hot dogs for at least 10 minutes. You might be Gen X if you've ever had a water uh, water ketchup hot dog on light bread. Yeah. Well, you might be poor Gen X. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Store, store brand and bread. At a sugar sandwich for dessert. Oh, man. Good times. Look, I know we're close to an hour. This this yeah. this actually ended up being, a, I think, a pretty good episode. Yeah, you know, I think, it. yeah, no, I I think I think the the one thing that I, I guess to kind of wrap it all up and and kind of do the Gen X lesson or whatever for this week is take some time, slow down, go outside for Christ's sakes, yeah, and just you know try to be a little more considerate of folks around you because. They will appreciate it, and you will just feel better about yourself. Um, there's, there's really nothing that's, it's just, it's just not. I, I need to take my own advice on that one. But I think, I think that's my takeaway from this week. I don't know. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I can add much to that. Um, you're right, right? Older brothers, right? This time, I, that's just slow down and enjoy it. It's really like that's. Don't forget the small things. You know, you, you can make the joke that you've got adult money now. That's right. Go do the things. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I posted the uh, a meme about the USS flag uh, on Facebook right before we came out here to do this. I was, about, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, as a photograph of a kid with the USS flag, circa mid '80s, and I'm like, that's a lie. Nobody got that. Like, nobody got that. We're all adults. <laughs> Seriously, like we're all adults on eBay now, bidding like two thousand dollars for one because we're like, we'll get one. Uh, That's right. But I still bought myself an RC airplane though. Like I, I've, uh, I've thought about it a few times. But you got adult okay. money, man. Go enjoy the things that you wanted to do when you were a kid. Like, don't forget you can you can do that now. Maybe we just need to do a whole episode on on things that I would spend adult money on if I had more adult, adult money. money. It's like a a wish. Mad money episode. Maybe we'll do that. We'll just talk about oh, gadgets. And stuff. Yeah, gadgets. Let's do that. Gadgets. Maybe we'll do that next week. Gadgets and stuff. Maybe we'll have to do a financial one. I don't want to get heavy, but man, I do get on real estate. Like, there's several things. It depends on what your goal is. There's several things I could talk about there too. But whatever. We could do it. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. Next week, same bat time. Same bat channel. Later, bro.